Hey everyone, welcome back to the Pre-Construction Podcast. It's Gareth McGlynn here. What is the crack? Today I want to give, bring you a nice interview I did with Morgan Key. She's a director of pre-construction in Raleigh, North Carolina, and she is working with Starmount Contracting. It's a family-run business, her and her husband. Um, some of you may know Morgan as Morgan Masters. Uh, she's recently married. Um, and we discussed everything with Morgan the local industry, the industries that she's worked in, data centers, how she got into construction, and it was all to do with an ambition to, to build her own home. And, and she always, in fairness to, to Morgan, she always wanted to own her own business as well. So great insight into to how difficult that is and how she, her and her husband went about that. Um, she then discussed about mo- relocating from North Car- or sorry, from New York to North Carolina and the ever-evolving industry that we find ourselves in in pre-construction um great insight a big thank you to morgan um as always before we speak with morgan let's hear from the president of beck technology Stuart carroll who of course are the pre-construction podcast main sponsors and i want to say a big thank you again to beck technology um if anybody hasn't tried Beck Technology, is interested in, in moving over to a new estimating pre-construction software, um, definitely check them out online. Enjoy. Hey everyone, I'm Stuart Carroll. I'm the president at Beck Technology. We are based in Dallas, Texas, and we are a pre-construction software company. We were founded in 1996, and we've really been focused on the world of pre-construction. We believe that pre-construction is where the biggest decisions that impact the outcome of a project occur. And we believe that through the use of technology, we can enable our users to make better, more informed pre-construction decisions. The net result of which is to make the world a better place. We're excited to uh, announce our partnership with Niche And one of the things that really excites me is bringing pre-construction professionals the opportunity to get certified in our latest uh, product, Destiny Estimator. It's our belief that if we can help you understand how integrated pre-construction and pre-construction data lifecycle can benefit your business, um, it will ultimately improve the pre-construction services that you bring to your customers. And we'd like to uh, announce that we're going to be releasing this at the end of Q1, and it's available to anybody that's a friend of Niche. Morgan Keel, welcome to the Pre-Construction Podcast. Hey, good morning. Thank you very much. Thank you very good. much. Good. I've been uh, I've been trying to get you on for a while, Morgan. Um, you disappeared off the, the face of the earth uh, at some one stage. You were Morgan Masters, and then you arrived back as Morgan Keel. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you very much. I appreciate it. <laughs> good. When was the big day? Still the same person. <laughs> uh, September 29, 2018. It doesn't seem like that was that long ago, but gosh, it was almost... Three years ago. <laughs> Time flies. Brilliant. Um, so Morgan, for, for anybody that doesn't know you, give us a quick overview, just what you're doing right now uh, where, and where you're at in, in the country. Sure. Um, so I am located in North Carolina, specifically uh, in Creedmoor, North Carolina, and I am working right now for Starmount Contracting, uh, which uh, my husband and I own. 
and we offer uh, pre-construction and operation uh, consulting type services, which I will dig a little deeper into as we uh, continue on in our conversation. Good, good. I'm looking forward to that. Just married and straight into business together. My God. <laughs> Sound, <laughs> sounds like me and my wife all over again. <laughs> cool, it's yeah, a good we, mix, for sure. Exactly, yeah. Um, cool. No, we will get back into that. But I want to take you quickly back. I always ask everyone this question, and it intrigues me. Why construction? Um, when you were growing up, was there any sort of influence or, or what brought you into to this mad world that we're, we're living in in construction? That's a, that's a funny question. I don't have any family that was in the construction industry. Um, so when I graduated from high school, you know, and we're going through that stage of picking a college and what you're going to do, um, I know my mom said, well, hey, listen, you've got four years and you better pick something that you think you're gonna wanna stick to and you better pick it quick, right? And this is <laughs> day of orientation that I was still kind of clueless on what I wanted to do. Uh, and I remember telling, uh, there were counselors that people kind of had met with that were still unsure of what profession they wanted to go into. So uh, he says, hey, tell me some of your dreams. And one of them was, well, I would love to build my own house someday. And he says, well, let's go ahead and put you in construction management and just see how that works out. And I said, okay. Wow. <laughs> so and that was, that was it. Brilliant. Yeah. yeah. It was hey, a good enough reason. And, and have you, have you built your own house yet? I haven't, um, but actually we're, we're talking about a possible addition. So, you know, we're playing with CAD and having fun with that. So that dream is uh, starting to come into a reality. Wow, I can't wait here. to see what Stormont construction or contracting, what kind of house you guys build. So good luck with that. So that's yeah, interesting. So straight into uh, a degree, Bachelor of Science in Construction Management, Engineering Technology. I always am fascinated about the education system in the US and how it how it teaches construction in general and the types of degrees. Give me a quick idea of what kind of modules, what's it, what, what kind of teaching methods they used? Because um, it, it is, it was Alfred State College, is that right? It was, yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, so give us an idea of what, what the degree was like. So, um, so it was a four-year degree. Um, they also offer a two-year degree. Um, and there is a, a construction management Bachelor of Technology that you could get or a Bachelor of Science, right? So I took more science-based courses. Uh, it was about uh, 30, 20 to 30 folks in my class. Um, some of them were uh, set up uh, like a lab. We were all sitting in groups in front of a computer, um, but it was very hands-on. Um, there were uh, scheduling programs. There were estimating type programs, the classes that we took, uh, working in groups and um, the teachers were uh, seemingly fresh out of the, the industry and, and teaching the courses uh, in real life, it felt like. Good. Um, and actually, I still stay in touch with some of those folks. So yeah, good. it was a really good experience. It was uh, smaller classes, like I mentioned. So I felt like we had a lot more one-on-one -on -one time. Good. And you got a lot covered because it's my, I always, I always like to ask the question because each professor is different, each university is different, each college is different. And to me, 
from my experience in asking the question, people aren't doing spending enough time in estimating and pre-construction within these these degrees. Um, they're literally taking a box. They're they're spending a fraction, five percent of the time, the overall four years in discussing mm -hmm. estimating and pre-construction. Um, so I, I just want to get a good degree out there, especially if they're spending some time in degree uh, pre-construction and estimating. I believe that there has to be someone there to, to, to really focus and do an almost a complete degree in estimating and pre-construction, the way they do in Europe in quantity surveying. Um, but we'll find it and we'll get there and hopefully we'll get some change. Oh yeah, yeah. At, uh, I'm trying to think at Alfred, I, I think I only took about two or three courses in estimating and the rest was really about project management uh, or you know science or math-based courses. And to be totally honest, which I'll, I'll kind of share a little bit later on in our discussion, I, I absolutely could not stand the estimating courses. And I, and I <laughs> promised myself, I'm never going into estimate. I'm never doing that for a living. But well, 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 maybe that's the problem. We're teaching it wrong. So whenever people come, <laughs> come, out, come out and go to career fairs, I've never, I always have this laugh. I says, the people, the contractors that go to career fairs, they never get anybody coming up to their desk and go, I want to do pre-construction and estimating. Nobody. <laughs> no, nobody really does know. it. No, nobody. No. They're all like project manager, superintendent, project engineer. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah, uh, nobody wants to be in pre-construction. I've, um, I've got a little funny story about that too. <laughs> good. Well, I'm all ears. I've got plenty of time if you want to divulge. Sure. Um, so why I got into pre-construction or why I chose pre-construction, I, I, I still get a good giggle out of it. Um, I, I've spent the majority of my career working in the operations department with boots on the ground and a hard hat on my head. And just like everybody else, fresh out of school, I'm like, no, I want to be a project manager and that's what I'm going to be. Uh, throughout my career, I've worked within groups that didn't really have the resources of a dedicated pre-construction department. So with that said, the person that I was either reporting to or the group I was involved in unbeknownst to me, either always had a need or was always very passionate about pre-construction. So I often found myself playing that role. Um, about uh, before 2015, uh, which is when I got into a dedicated pre-construction role, um, I had been solicited by several companies in the area about joining their pre-construction team. And I always remember thinking to myself, no, no, I don't want to join the dark side. I'm staying, <laughs> I'm staying in the field. Um, and I, I am very happy to have taken that dedicated role back in 2015 with a large uh, commercial construction firm. Uh, it, it really helped shape the, the person I am today. Uh, and a gentleman who I was reporting to who later became uh, a mentor of mine that I still stay in touch with did a really good job of selling pre-construction to me. Um, and at that moment in time, it was a little bit of everything. It was the timing, the company, uh, the team and, and the future opportunities that it presented to itself. Good. And it's always to do with a good mentor. Always when, oh, you, when you speak to people. Absolutely. And no yeah. matter what stage of their career is. Uh, and he obviously saw something in you to, to be able to go, you know what, I know you mean, and this is the other thing when you would have come out of college or even the stuff that you were learning in college through estimating, it has probably changed so much now that that's not really the estimating that you're doing right now. Oh gosh. Yeah. You it's, know, it's, it's, yeah, ever I, evolving. I couldn't even compare what estimating was in 
in college to what it is in, in real life today in 2021. I mean, it's, it's just so, it's so different. Yeah. Good. Brilliant. Um, love, love the story. Um, and as you say, a good solid 12, 13 years in, on the, on the, in the field, how important was that now to be able to sit as director of pre-construction in a firm to be able to say, and just to draw on that experience? Uh, it's, it's been really beneficial. Um, you know, looking back at my career, my, my passion for pre-construction has, has always been there. Um, and becoming, uh, you know, into that dedicated role back in 2015 certainly had the most professional and personal impact on me. It was the right path for me and it really helped bring out my strengths. And, and throughout all these years later, I've been able to leverage my experience in the field and the relationships that I've built over the years, both in New York in North Carolina. Brilliant. Yeah. And what was that like? Just just tell me about that, making the move. Why, why North Carolina? I mean, New York was, I'm sure at that stage you were there. 2011, you were with uh, Le Chase, worked till 2014. I mean, I'm yeah. sure I'm sure it was buzzing at that time. Um, why did you, I think it was with Le Chase that you made the move? It was, yeah. Um, I was hired on as a project engineer with them. Uh, with the inspiration of owning my own business someday. Um, and I started working with them in a small group that the managers handled their projects from the pre-construction to the post-construction stages. Uh, and then, then moved on to working in a larger group that shared their profits with a real estate development firm where we developed and renovated their properties. And those properties were mainly senior living and section eight housing. Uh, with shared community space. Um, so I relocated with them down to North Carolina in 2011 for, for uh, a couple of reasons. Number one, you can't deny the weather yeah. uh, from New York to North Carolina. Um, but also I, uh, I had a sibling that was living down here that I've always been close to. Um, and moving down here would get me closer to her physically. So um, so yeah, that, that was the main reason I moved down here. Um, and they had an opportunity um, that I could move down with them, uh, which made the transition a whole lot easier instead of having to kind of up and change your whole life. At least, you know, I had that one consistent thing of a, uh, the company was the same, just totally new people. But um, but, you know, once I moved down here, I started developing new relationships with the coworkers down here, subcontractors and clients. Um, and I even had a really great opportunity to work with Duke University, uh, which has always been a dream client of mine. So wow. I worked on several projects with them. Brilliant, brilliant. Yeah. Um, and was there a specific project that stands out for you throughout your career to be able to put your hat on and go, you know what, I thoroughly enjoyed that? Uh, throughout my career, oh boy. Um, I'm sure uh, uh, listeners then might giggle at this one, but gosh, there was this project in Wilmington that I worked on uh, back in 2015. I uh, worked on it for a long time with uh, a really good team. Uh, it wasn't just myself, but it was uh, called River Place in Wilmington. It's a 12 story and 13 story tower with a connecting bridge. It nice. was a very challenging project um, in, in all the ways that you can imagine. Uh, the cost, the location, um, 
lot of lot of unique components to that project have certainly Good. made a long term impact on me. Good. And, <laughs> I still refer back to it, and yeah. I cringe when I open well, it up because I'm like, ah, I can't uh, believe I'm looking back at this. Well, should I take you through the numbers now, or will we will we wait till afterwards? Take me through which numbers? The, the numbers of the project. How how did it fare out? Did it perform? Did it arrive on time and, and, and under budget? Uh, you know, I, I actually believe it is still under construction. Brilliant. Because I have to say, Wilmington, we went there. We went on a bit of a road trip last summer um, before all COVID hit in. No, it was actually the summer before that, 2019. And Wilmington is beautiful. What a fantastic oh, yeah. part of the world, I have to say. That was one of my highlights. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wilmington's a great great location yeah, for sure yeah. Cool. yeah so i mean looking at your background i mean you mentioned it there the the the, the on-site experience then going to mm -hmm. pre-construction manager pre-construction manager and then director pre-construction let's talk a little bit about sectors that you've worked in um because i know that sure. you've done you've done quite a lot in mission critical in the pharma world you mentioned there the high-rise um commercial higher education yeah let's talk mission critical because it's a market right now within data centers that is it's just taken off and it doesn't look like it's going to slow down the next 10 or 15 years sure how difficult is it of, of an industry i mean everybody tells me healthcare mission critical pharma you got to be specialized it is so specialized you got to understand it what are you going to understand is. about mission critical and data centers it how difficult is it it is a, it's a very unique type of project. Um, so I'll share a little background of, of uh, how I got to be doing mission critical for um, a little while. Uh, so I took a break from commercial construction in 2014 uh, and I worked as a contractor for pharmaceutical microtechnology semiconductor type of plants uh, here around the area. I was heavily involved in anything from process development to pre-construction to executing projects. Um, it is truly a unique experience and uh, really engaged me in the very early development of a project. And something really unique about those roles that some people might not be aware of is uh, these plants literally integrate you into their staff. Uh, and in some cases, you're actually sharing office space with your clients or sitting in a cubicle right next to them. Uh, you know, if you were an outsider walking through these plants, uh, you would be very surprised on how many contractors are working in the spaces. And you can't really tell the difference between the clients and the contractors, right? They all, yeah. they, they do a really good job of making everybody feel like part of their company. But Morgan, um, that's what it's about. I mean, that's the, the key to a successful project is collaboration and you can't get closer oh, yeah. than, than sitting next door. Absolutely, absolutely. And and so within these plants, um, a lot of their work is considered mission critical because there's only certain times of year and very small windows or sometimes very large windows um, that these plants have uh, a time that we can actually get in there and make these connections uh, into their production. You know, they've got um, production of several different products and they schedule it uh, some of these plants know two, three years ahead of when they're going to have this quote unquote shutdown and it's a 24 hour operation. So we spend all this time, almost half of year, just planning and doing as much executing as possible before it is to a point where it's interrupting the production because 
That's how these plants make their money. They're producing their product and selling their product. Um, so we spend all this time uh, pre-planning and doing some construction to make sure the 24 hours of every single day during that shutdown uh, are accounted for and we are doing something to make sure that that uh, execution is successful and that there is no downtime that their products can't be produced. Um, so it, it's very intense. Um, and like I mentioned, you know, there's usually a, a day shift and a night shift. There are 24 hour operations when we are doing shutdowns. Um, and there's a couple hours of overlap in between the daytime and nighttime person, um, just of supervising, making sure all the subcontractors have exactly what they need from us. And again, it's been talked about so much prior to you actually getting to that shutdown period, uh, just to ensure the most success. Wow, it, se it seems like a military operation, literally with it, the precision. It feels, yeah, and it feels like it too. <laughs> and I'm sure that experience, being in an environment like that, and you take that environment to the other types of commercial construction throughout the U.S., I mean, I'm sure that is a big, big help for you to, to you. I mean, when you're going to do a higher education, a mixed use, whatever it may be, to be able to bring that sort of scheduling, timing, foresight, um, I'm sure that helps. Oh, absolutely. And that type of mission critical is so different from any other kind of project I've ever worked on. Um, it's It has its own flavor of unique that are really just beneficial to all the other types of projects. You, you think to yourself, if I can do this on that type of project, uh, I can do it on any kind of project. Brilliant. Would you recommend someone if they did get the opportunity to work on a mission critical project to go just just not not for the experience maybe to get into the mark to that industry on a full-time basis but it's definitely something you'd recommend would it be oh absolutely yeah i had i had really great experience and honestly uh some people might feel a certain way about sitting that close to their client or working that close to your client but uh, I had a really great experience. Um, I worked in uh, several different plants um, and had really great experiences at all of them. Good. And some good. of those clients I still stay in touch with. And I've you know, since been out of that field for a little while now. <laughs> very good. Very good. And again, I mean, you can you can tell me, uh, we mentioned it before, pre-construction and estimating, collaboration is a big, big talking point. I mean, it's getting a it lot is. of, it's getting a lot of noise in the industry. How important is it Morgan, I mean, you've you've gone through, as you say, multiple sectors, multiple industries, multiple projects. Give me an idea of, of what you believe is the ultimate when it comes to collaboration. How close do you need to be? Uh, you know, so uh, the importance of pre-construction, just to share a little bit uh, of my opinion, you know, pre-construction is not only the first steps in building a building, but it promotes building and cultivating relationships. And in my opinion, it's one of the most important roles a professional in pre-construction will play. Relationships are everything. And that's clients and subcontractors. You know, early involvement allows for a thorough understanding of expectations and programmatic needs that our clients deserve. And early involvement also allows our team to bring simplicity to a unique or complex projects. Uh, we focus on large cost drivers and apply our energy to minimize the scope of the project. And early coordination allows for a successful execution 
uh, from pre-construction to post-construction. And our pre-construction team works to provide a detailed estimate while coming through the plan details to minimize changes during the project execution. And it also allows for early buy-in from the subcontractors as it relates to both cost and schedule. Brilliant, brilliant. Yeah. So conceptual estimating, I mean, that seems to be a real strength of you, you yourself, but also the business. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Good, good. Working, working early on is, um, is everything to uh, that stage of pre-construction. You can, yeah. you can help develop so much and also just working with the architect as they're still kind of formulating what that final design is and just being a part of that process, um, just taking it from cradle to grave. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a great experience. Yeah, there's something satisfying about it. I mean, usually the operations guys get to, to, get to stand there and say, I built that. But I think the pre-construction, pre I'm a bit biased. I mean, all the big, heavy-hitting major decisions to make a project <laughs> successful are made in pre-construction. I, I, <laughs> I firmly believe that. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of firms out there are fairly good at collaborating those two teams because I feel like sometimes um, some companies might struggle with that. There's a big disconnect between the pre-construction and operations department, but there's a lot of, you know, a lot of the large firms out there, they do a really good job of integrating those two teams together, um, making sure that they're working together early on, making sure that even during reconciliation of a third party estimate at the conceptual stage, you know, there, there might be an operations person there um, that even the pre-construction person has had an opportunity to bounce some ideas off of. Um, so it, it is, it, and that is so important to, to have that level of communication and collaboration because otherwise it's just going to be a long project. <laughs> <laughs> a long project of finger pointing constantly. Yes, yeah. yes. And, and if you, you might have saw it on LinkedIn, but I put a major topic out the other day, and I believe that 2021, one of my predictions are the real strong uh, communicate, communicating operations guys are going to find themselves transi transitioning into to pre-construction because I think contractors now understand that the major decisions, rather than rectifying them at operations level, it's got to be made early on. Um, so getting yeah. those guys in there with their experience, their knowledge, um, it can only be good for the, the end product. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. So talk to me now about another passion of mine, pre-construction technology. Um, oh, sure. Yeah. Throughout your career, is there any technology that you, you've found that really hits the spot for, for what you do, helps you within, expedite the process within commercial construction, um, anything that you're working with right now? Just give me your overview of, of pre-con technology. Yeah. Um, you know, there's quite a few software packages um, that can really help make the pre-construction process considerably easier. Um, the one I spend the most time using is on-screen takeoff. Uh, the scope of a project is such a huge component to what drives the cost of the project. You know, on-screen can auto-track your quantities from the square footage of metal panels on the exterior skin to the number of receptacles designed throughout the entire building. There are a lot of functions to on-screen takeoff, uh, but my favorite above all is how much independence you have on the level of detail you want to show in your deliverable. You can separate areas out, you can separate buildings out, which really provides some flexibility later on 
during that value management process that unfortunately we've all had to probably experience a little bit of that. Uh, but plain and simple, you can dig really deep into the details. Uh, you have this tool that allows you to break out, for example, pile caps, mat footings, grade beams, and retaining walls versus just showing a single line item of the total cubic yardage of concrete. I mean, so the question for me to someone that isn't providing that level of detail is, you know, why wouldn't you? Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. you got that tool, so why wouldn't you? 100%. Yeah. And it's all about the data. It really is, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, there's, there's some accountability, uh, responsibility that you need to take on on screen, right? It is, it is a program and you need to plug in the, the right scale and make sure it's giving you the right information. Um, but the, the possibilities on that program are, are endless. I mean, you can go into so much detail as much as you want and there's, there's just no limit to it and copy all that information over and put it into a, a deliverable component for a client to see. I mean, in my experience, they, everybody really likes a lot of detail. Yeah. Yeah, you can. And, and like I think just from speaking with people, pre-construction technology, any technology that you devote your time to understand and, and put the time and effort into will give you what you need. Um, it's about that that time spending on it, putting the right data in and then getting the, the right workflows organized mm -hmm. in it. Tell me now about the importance. Obviously, you're a massive fan of on-screen takeoff. What, when you go and speak with a client, is there any sort of visualization do you do or how do you present, uh, as you say, that, that detail, oh, yeah. the attention to detail that you have? You know, so you can you can take screenshots of it. You can print them to PDF. Uh, and the nice thing about on screen, it, it, it looks like a very professional program when you do go to show something like that to a client. And you can prepare yourself to show um, all the parts and pieces. You know, you can turn off layers. Um, you can have everything in different colors, you know, the items that you want to focus on and turn things on and off during a meeting, um, or just take the PDFs and show them, hey, this is where, uh, this is where all your floor boxes are. This is, you know, high cost driver, and this is where they all are. And, and in some instances, they might say to themselves, oh, wow, I I didn't realize we had that many, <laughs> you know, <it's, laughs> but Hey, that's, what's on the drawing. So I'm, I, I think, um, yeah, the, the visual aid that it provides is really beneficial too. Brilliant. Um, and anything else, uh, OST aside, is there anything that you find yourself using or even any technology that you see coming out in the future? Do you think, you know what, that could be a game changer? You know, the uh, 3D modeling, uh, I know, is always kind of an ongoing conversation. Um, the last couple programs I've used uh, can require a lot of upfront work, uh, probably a little bit more than I'm used to putting into something like on-screen takeoff. But I, I certainly think that that's a, an opportunity um, that might be coming down the line for everybody to use, to be able to see a building 3D instead of looking at 2D drawings. Because um, I do recognize, you, uh, you know, early on in your career, you just might struggle with um, being able to put that whole building together, you know, as you flip through those 151 sheets of paper, actually seeing what that building looks like, um, that 3D modeling can offer that visual aid to you that you might not be able to see on um, 2D. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I think it's going to be a game changer and I think it's going to be a game changer for pre-construction and estimating, attracting people into the industry. Because as yeah. you say, those 12 or 13 years that you spend on the field, visually seeing things put together, uh, we can do that now. Well, we should be able to do that. And hopefully we can do that now in 3D. So yeah, the, this idea that people that don't want to go on the, go to the field, can't get into construction or pre-construction or an estimate. You can actually leave school and go, you know what? I'm really good at maths. I'm really good personality. I've got the right tools to be a great estimator. Let's go straight in there and I can learn through 3D modeling and, and, and visualization yeah. of projects. Um, so I'm hope I'm, I'm a big hope. I'm a bit hopeful for it. I, I really do. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I could foresee it being really beneficial to our industry. Good, good. So um, give me an idea now, Starman Contracting, let's dive a little bit deeper into sure. your role now, Director of Pre-Construction at Starmount. Um, what sort of projects are you guys doing? What sort of services are you providing? And how are you finding, how, how are you finding working for yourself, essentially? How difficult is it? What are the challenges? And what are the success stories so far? Sure. Um, so, so Starmount Contracting was branded in 2019, and we're really excited. Uh, but as of July 2020, we're certified as a, a woman-owned, uh, historically underutilized business, which you, you might know as HUB, uh, in the statewide uniform certification program of North Carolina. Uh, so we're still in several different areas of construction management, including pre-construction and operations um, with several different building types. Uh, so we have experience with K through 12, higher education, senior living, Section 8 housing, uh, laboratory, multi-use, commercial high-rise, mission critical, like I mentioned earlier, um, pharmaceutical, microtechnology, semiconductor, office space and parking decks. Uh, we are also experienced with lead construction as well. Uh, since we're talking about pre-construction specifically, uh, we provide turnkey estimates uh, from the early conceptual stage to uh, construction bid documents. So we also provide bid packaging recommendations, um, value management, and also reconciliation services. And then there's a few other services that uh, we provide uh, more on a consultant type basis, um, pre-construction deliverable development. And as far as business development goes, we provide presentation content deliver, uh, development, presentation messaging, interview prep and feedback, website content development, not necessarily editing someone's website, but helping to develop the content within a website and also career development. And we're really excited about what our company has developed into over the years um, and really looking forward to what the future brings. And I've actually got uh, uh, kind of a success story to share. There's a, a couple experiences during my time, but uh, just to mention this one, uh, there was there was this time, you know, I was transitioning into the role I'm in now and had this potential client reach out to me about becoming an employee for their firm. And after learning, <clears throat> excuse me, and after learning about their immediate needs and future goals, we were able to offer, you know, some of the pre-construction and business development uh, consulting services that I just mentioned that quite frankly, at, at the time, uh, that was not services that we were even considering uh, offering at the uh, prior to. And to say the least, I've really enjoyed working with this client. Uh, and 
that the door and the door that this opened for opportunities with other contractors as well. Brilliant. So yeah. It's been it's been really great. It's, yeah. exci- it's exciting times. So how hard is it? I mean, I, I can tell you that it's really difficult. We started our company in 2017 and it's, it's challenging. Um, and it's a big, it's a big risk. So give me an idea of what was the, the most difficult things for you guys um, starting out was, or, or did you have a little bit of lead time to be able to prepare? And, and because I know you jumped into the business a little bit later, how, how difficult was it? Um, because you're, you're only really a year, a year old, a year and a bit, and you guys are, right. are, are, are doing a, an incredible job already. Uh, some of the challenges uh, I think, you know, someone would need to prepare for before, uh, deciding that this role is good for them, right, is there isn't a marketing department, right? Uh, there isn't all these different departments that you can rely on all these other people. So, <laughs> you know, it's it's kind of up to you um, to wear a bunch of different hats and to be okay with all those different hats and uh, think you're, you know, above or below some of those responsibilities. Uh, I really enjoyed, and I know my husband has to really creating what our, our, vision is for the company, uh, even as far as, uh, you know, the little things like, what is our logo going to look like? What's our company going to be called? Um, hey, what kind of goals do we want to set up as far as uh, social media? What do, what do we want to do on those platforms? Um, hey, how often are we going to reach out to clients? What are our clients going to be? Who are our clients going to be? Um, who do we want to work for and who don't we want to work for? You know, the, those are um, really fun things that we both enjoy talking about uh, and talking about what kind of future all those components bring to yeah. us, especially yeah. our clients for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And you'll find that as well. Like the one thing that I found is you, you, you learn to pivot pretty quickly. Um, you might have this fantastic vision in your head that, that you're going to work well, these, 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 and these companies. And it just, sometimes it doesn't, doesn't work out like that. Um, yeah. And some of your, like we would work with a lot of small to medium sized businesses, but uh, as well as have the, the bigger guys as well. And sometimes the most enjoyable clients are the, the mid-sized GCs, the, the, the 200, 400, 500 um, million a year GCs. And it's just, it's fascinating dealing with so many different types of people all over the country. Um, oh, and, yeah, I'm sure. Do you guys only do projects locally or are you guys all over we the don't. Southeast? Yeah. Um, we've done work in Virginia uh, and are currently even looking at a couple projects outside of uh, North Carolina and Virginia uh, with a consultant I work with frequently. Um, so yeah, it's it's not just in North Carolina. That just happened to be where we're certified as a women-owned hub business in North Carolina, um, but certainly open to other locations as well. Because a lot of our clients, they don't just have an office in North Carolina. Some of them have an office in North Carolina and Virginia, like I mentioned, or in Texas or Kentucky. So wherever those projects kind of bring us that's the beauty of a of a, of a decent client with multiple locations you could be yes. dragged anywhere across the u.s and speaking of uh, anywhere in the u.s we relocate a lot of people to north carolina because we know it's a booming market charlotte wilmington raleigh greensboro even south carolina as you say southern virginia 
Give us an insight into what what you like now. You've been in, in North Carolina a while. Give us an insight into to what Raleigh's like, um, what there is to do there, what you do at the weekends, the schools, the community. What's the best parts of, of Raleigh? You know, and in, in comparison to where I came from, uh, upstate New York and Syracuse, uh, North Carolina, I'd say the biggest difference is definitely the people. There's just... Uh, and open arm friendliness to the folks that live here. And it's a big melting pot of people. There's people from all over that live in North Carolina. Um, so there's a whole lot of different experiences and stories to share. Um, me personally, I've always really enjoyed, uh, I, I don't go downtown a lot, never really have, but uh, the times that I have gone down there, um, husband and I have enjoyed with some friends, the breweries um, and hopping around and uh, and enjoying those and the restaurants um, where we love restaurants. So um, really into those. Uh, I'm not I'm not even quite sure if they're doing them anymore, the uh, quarterly restaurant weeks to go check out, you know, the Sullivan's or the Capitol Grills or, you know, I've always really liked doing that. Very good. Yeah, good. No, I agree with you. I mean, North Carolina, I've been quite a lot of places down the south, but and in the southeast, but North Carolina is one that that I, I enjoy going back to. We've holidayed a lot down there. And I mean, everybody, I know Wilmington is the most inbound city right now, um, but Charlotte and Raleigh are the numbers relocating there. It seems like everybody there has come from somewhere like the expat community is, it must oh, yeah. be sitting at 75, 70, 75%. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, as far as uh, outside of just talking about Raleigh, I mean, gosh, we love going to the mountains, whether it be uh, Asheville or Black Mountain or that Morganton area, uh, which is actually where we got married um, and love going to the ocean as well. The, uh, you know, you can drive on the beach and, and some of the beaches down here. So we go to Fort Fisher and I mean, it's just, there's so much to do in North Carolina. It, there really is. Um, yeah, I, I, I feel confident saying, you know, anybody looking to relocate down here, if you're into it, it's probably around here. <laughs> yeah, and that's it. That's the, the flexibility and the, the amount of diversity you have in North Carolina. Everything's at your doorstep almost or within yeah. a, an hour and a half or two years. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. Well, listen, Morgan, this has been thoroughly enjoyable. I'm really looking forward to getting this out, but also following your story at Starmount Contracting. Um, looking to see what you, where you guys go to next year. I'm sure it's exciting times. But more importantly, I can't wait to see this self-build um, whenever you guys decide to build this house in, in, in North Carolina. <laughs> I think we're going to have to do a special edition um, on the plans and how it goes because I hear it's pretty stressful. Ah, yeah. I'll, when we get to that point, I am happy to to share all those bumps in the road and, there, and successes. There, there you are, folks. You heard it. No, you can't go back now, Morgan. It's on, it's live. <laughs> um, thank you very much. Listen, I will. If, if anybody wants to reach out to you, where's the best place to, to contact you? Have you got a, a, an email address um, or LinkedIn? Yes. Yep, I'm I'm on LinkedIn. So definitely feel free to reach me out. Uh, reach out to me on LinkedIn. And my email, uh, I've got a Starmount email. It's M as in Mary, Keel, K-E-E-L at starmountcontracting.com. Brilliant. And I will also put those details at the bottom of any content that we put out just so that people can can uh, reach out to you. 
Sounds great. Yeah. Thank Brilliant, you so Morgan. much for having me. Thank you very much and have a great 2021. Yeah, you too. Thank you. Well, a big thank you to Morgan for that podcast and giving up her time. Um, I really do want to wish both Morgan and her husband all the very best with Starmount Contracting. I'm sure Morgan will knock it out of the park in the rally North Carolina with her, her ability to build reputations and her, her ability to deliver um, what is needed within pre-construction. Um, and listen, if you do want to get in touch with Morgan, she did say that the best place to contact her is LinkedIn. Feel free to reach out to her about anything in the North Carolina or anything in relation to your career, in relation to work, in relation to pre-construction services, project management services. Um, she's very open and very honest when it comes to, to discussing the construction market. Um, as always, thank you very much. More amazing episodes to come. Stay in touch. <laughs>